0: All right, here we go everybody. Welcome to episode number 91 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday, April the 10th. My name is Jeremy Lee and here we go. What a great show we have tonight. We've been on a little bit of a streak here and it's certainly going to continue. I do want to thank last Saturday's guest Tim Getch from C. We had a great episode. Uh, You know, what can I say? The guy came here, he faced some of the music and I was really happy to have him. He's a great guy. I also want to thank last week's After after Hours episode, Milan Obradovich. He came on. He's a, an ex Kobe Bryant collector, currently a Derek Jeter collector, told his story. It's an inspirational story. What a great guy he is. Check out those episodes along with all the other past episodes of Sports Cards Live. They are on the YouTube channel. You'll find something that interests you. I can promise you that. Next Saturday, our guest will be Eric Doty. He is the CEO of Loop the app. Looking forward to having him and learning all about what Loop is and what their plans are moving forward. I want to welcome all new viewers. If you're new here, this is Sports Cards Live. We go live every Saturday night at 10 o'clock Eastern, and I bring you the best guests in hobby content. Check it out. Subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. I want to thank all the subscribers. We are over 2,600 strong right now. So thanks to each of you. I also want to shout out the podcast listeners. There's hundreds of you guys too. I thank you. I know you're listening, not watching, but really happy to have you guys along for the ride as well. I want to shout out the Big Three Hockey, great supporters of the channel and the show. Thank you to them. And I want to let you know that tonight on After Hours, which is a separate show later on, it's going to start probably 10 or 15 minutes after this show with Ken Golden is over. I'm gonna be coming back with Chase Rhimes. He is a very sophisticated collector investor in in the category, in the sport, in the hobby. And I'm looking forward to having him on with me later on tonight. Okay, let's get to tonight's guest. And you know, usually I do a bit of an introduction but this guy doesn't need much of an introduction anymore. He's very well known, you all know who he is. He's doing his Instagram lives with his son Paul on a regular basis. Let's just bring him out right now. Ken Golden, welcome to the show. Welcome to Sports Cards Live. How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm glad to be here and doing
0: good. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, you're welcome. So the last time you were on with me was August, last August. It was three days, three days before you sold the Mike Trout card for $3.8 million. The The hobby was hot then. I mean, back then, the hobby was hot last August but the last 7 or so months i mean what's been going on man what how have you seen the last 7 months of the hobby
1: well like to put it in perspective uh back on that date a uh a jordan rookie was probably about uh, $75,000 and a uh kobe refractor was uh probably about $75,000 <laughs> so it's 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 been crazy it was uh, it's really been you know, I thought that that was back then. I thought, wow, this is hot. This is the peak of what's going on, and you know, it it kept growing and growing. And then through the end of the year, it was just unbelievable. You know, October, you know, October, we 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 set a record. You know, Golden Auction set an industry record. We did a sixteen and a half million dollar auction. I mean, that was had never been done before. The only auction that ever beat that was the like week long Sotheby's auction of Barry Halper collection back in like nineteen ninety nine and um you know we thought that was you know, just unbelievable um then 2021 came and we did a uh 33 million dollar auction in uh january we did a 45.2 million dollar auction in february and last week we ended one i think it was 38 and a half million so the industry has been um has been booming uh our user base and, we, and we're starting from a big base. That's what you got to realize. We, we were not a small company in 2020. Um, our user base is probably about 35 to 40 percent larger today than the last time I was on the show. So it, it, it's, it's you know it's not like going from a thousand to 1,300. This is like a big number going to a much bigger number. So I, the, the hobby is is very healthy. It is uh, worldwide. It is growing in different sports. Um, Soccer is, is taking off. Uh, in our last auction, we set the record for the highest price—not only PSA nine Wayne Gretzky OPG rookie, but we also set the record for the highest PSA eight Wayne Gretzky OPG rookie. So people are really diversifying. Um, it's, it's, it's it's just amazing. Wrestling cards, golf cards—you know, obviously you know basketball, baseball, football—but it, it's very very healthy from the top end uh, to the bottom end, and um, oh, by the way, I um, I know we'll get to it, but oh, by the way, I made some new friends along the way, like uh, Mark Cuban, Dwayne Wade, Kevin Durant. Um, yeah, we'll get there, we'll get uh, yeah, there. Yeah, exactly, all, all now part of the business with me.
0: <laughs> that's, that. That's that's. it's exciting, man. So in terms of the size of the hobby and how, how much, uh, you know, the increase you're talking about, you mentioned last time that your mailing list. Let's hear about your ma- your, your email list because I mean I think last time you said I forget the exact number was it fifty thousand five hundred thousand it was it was a big number of emails that you can that you send out. How has your email list
1: grown since last summer? Uh, we're looking at uh, six hundred thousand plus right now, and it is it's, it's you know it, it's tremendous and people are you know they will they're. they're- Looking for everything on, on a daily basis, we get new people who are just looking to buy something for hundred dollars two hundred dollars, and um, you know we also get people who you know contact us have never bid with us before, and they say they need unlimited because they want to bid you know on a seven figure card, and they've never you know their first bid basically with us is a uh, is a seven figure item. Um, since the last time, one of the big changes is. I discovered social media since the last yeah. time i was here i mean i yeah. think um, my daughter probably set me up for an instagram account maybe five six years ago and i think my first post was of her and uh she you know she was like 16 and um she wrote uh, favorite daughter blah 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 like you know like like she wrote the post for me and she wrote it herself you know i've got three daughters um and i probably had like 117 followers Right now, I'm about to hit uh, 27,000 on Instagram, and I have a um, shocking to me i I have a million views on TikTok. So it it just shows you that you know. And I'm I'm not dancing. You know, I'm not Charlie. I'm not doing I'm not doing the dances out there. I'm I'm talking about trading cards. I'm showing trading cards. I'm talking about cards. Um, It just shows you how popular, you know our hobby has been. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I, uh, you don't know, this is coming, so you don't, you don't know, but this is, um, this is from, uh, 1988. Okay. And this is the company I was in with my dad. And I I found this looking for some stuff because they kept saying, Hey, can find some old pictures of you, but that's my father. And he's sitting in a warehouse with, uh, 1987 top seal cases, probably 2000 of them but you know and that that was like the big business back then but to me it's always you know it's i i I grew up doing this stuff 12 11 13 years old so it's just incredible that was such a small uh niche market is now pop culture
0: yeah it really is it really is okay so before we before we get into the business side of things there's two things Mm -hmm. i want to do i want to say hello to the crowd and then Mm -hmm. we'll get to the other one shortly but i just want to welcome everybody we have we have hockey cob in the house also steve sir welcome to you Mm -hmm. 23 Ernest says jeremy always brings Mm -hmm. the best guests thank you very much Mm -hmm. 23 Ernest. rocco rosado is back good evening to you rocco what does he say let's Mm -hmm. get ready for the precious metal show is jeremy applies his golden touch tonight and ken's bring us a golden thank you rocco we got B-Roy in the house. We got Matt14K. Card Canucks is here. Charles, welcome. Bobby Baseball, another Saturday night of Sports Cards Live. Dennis Lesko, I'm loyal viewer. Thank you for joining. David Farmer is here. Jeremy Pringle. Cardboard Max. Ryan O'Hara. Jeff McMahon. Hello, everyone. Looking forward to another great show. Thank you, Jeff. Jose Prado. Good evening. See, look at this, Ken. We're going up against WrestleMania tonight, and oh. right now we're winning. Thank you, yeah. Jose Prado. Wow. We got Sanderson for Orr. We got my buddy Daniels in the house, Terry Fortune mm-hmm. is here. We got the Hobby Cop, always listen on podcasts, first mm-hmm. time live. I love hearing that. Welcome Hobby Cop, great to have you live. We got mm-hmm. Chad Shipper in the house, Benny Wu. Who is Chase? You'll find out tonight on After Hours, mm-hmm. stick around. Jason. Tell Chase said hi. I tell someone Chase someone said he said hi? Hi, hey, Chase, yep. I, well, he's watching right now, so he yep, says yep. hi back, I'm sure. I hope, he, I hope he has a smile on his face. We got Jake from 90s B-Ball Cards. Good evening, Jake Rep and Rajan in the house. We got LG. We got, we got Joey Tribbiani in the house. Greg Novis, Kent Wong, my man. What do we have? We have Lappers Hockey. Hello, finally catching a live one. Good day, Ken. Keep advocating and pushing the hobby mainstream. There you go. David Farmer wants to see some top cards. I did ask Ken to bring out a couple. We'll see later on. If he did, I don't even know yet. Roy G, good evening to you. David Farmer like the like the last show with Milan. Here's Ryan O'Hara says, "What does Ken think about hockey card market moving forward? Are you seeing many hockey cards consigned?" To him? let's take a little break and ask you to address this question, Ken.
1: I, I think hockey's on the rise. Uh, I think that based on the um, you know the Gretzky sales and the two cards at seven figures certainly helped. And uh, you saw what happened with, with hockey. You know, on, uh, on a Friday night, a record was sent on the OPC Gretzky. And then uh, on Saturday night, broke that record. But what was amazing to me is I think we got like 44000 or something for an eight. And, yeah, yeah w- w- what typically happens is when you get big numbers, like we got $550,000 for Maradona. So everybody with, with soccer cards all of a sudden can sign stuff. So when we put up a big number, we're um, we're getting it. And, and Oh, here's the other thing what i've done back when i met you last time it was myself it was dave ammerman johnny kraus and steve lucas so we basically four people um i now have more than doubled my consignment staff and i've tried to get people who uh who specialize um you know i've got um ryan krupa who knows hockey very well i've got jared mast formerly ran you know ran everything for iconic and he the guy the guy's a whiz he knows like i tell him to give me four favorite categories and i say i know you're gonna say them all but he, he knows everything i've got i, I know uh, jared
0: i know jared very well actually well okay. not very well but we've spent yeah. lots of time with together
1: uh Car- carlo citabello is is working for me now and uh art is working for me now so i hired art carlo ryan jared we're, oh yeah, we're gonna get a double question hit. later okay. yeah we'll so, get talk we'll yeah, so, so so about hockey hockey hockey's on the rise i'm, I'm very happy hockey's on,
0: good now that, that makes me you know hockey's my first love so i love to hear that mm-hmm. keeping on but we're gonna keep going we got amish dave archer in the house, Corey Carr. we got david farmer our nascar is going to be in the hobby they are in the hobby i did more products coming out i understand we got rich mm-hmm. frank sanderson Or can't imagine how many views you would get if you did dance i think that's pretty yes. funny Scott Fiscus, good evening. We got Victor from All Time Greats Blog. Colin Murray's here. JPO Art, how's it going, Jeremy? Ken, happy to have you, JPO. Bobby Burrell in the house. Triple V. We got Joe Woodington. Rodman Martinez, one of my buddies, says, Saturday is not a Saturday without Sports Cards Live. Thank you so much, Rodman. Stephen Ho, hi, Jeremy. Never bid with Golden before. Look forward to bidding there soon. I'm sure you will. Lots of cards right up your alley, Stephen. Uh, okay, we got Eastridge, we got Brent Criswell, David Owens, we got Orb, we got, we got, and Yam Wax is in the house. Great to see you, Yam. Okay, the next thing I want to do, Ken, Mm -hmm. is I want to know before we get into the business side of things, we have to talk about Mm -hmm. your celebrity son, Paul. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you, he's asleep asleep now. That's, (laughs) That's okay. But he's, you know, you you have him on, you you have your breaks with him, Paul's mm-hmm. breaks. You do that, mm-hmm. you know. What's your what's your strategy there? And what do you think? What do you think we can do to to make sure for in terms of the longevity, the hobby? Mm-hmm. How can we get young kids involved now?
1: Sure. So let me tell you how this started. Um, about a couple of years ago, you know, you can see me well, see, you know, bring I bring I bring home work a lot, and I've got got stuff here, and I've got you know a like a lockdown room in my basement where I keep all my stuff. So, um, especially during, um, during COVID, when we were locked down in New Jersey. You know, I couldn't, couldn't go to the office. So I basically told people with consignments, Hey, ship them, in raw cards. Ship them to, to ship them to my house. I'm going to break them down. So I sit there, you know, lock myself in. He wants to see, and he's looking at the cards and he's knowing these players, you know, he's known the 2003 basketball players from exquisite. He's knowing 52, you know, it's 50 top. Oh, I know Mickey, man. I know Jackie Robinson. So he knows all this stuff and, um, then he said, I want you, to, you know, want you to buy me packs. want you to buy me packs. And when it started, he was six. And now he's 7 it He's been going up for a while. Um, and what we did was every day, because couldn't do anything, I literally went and I bought like a box a day. And I called, you know, I've got friends in the hobby. You know, one of my friends runs, good friend to have, um, M- um, you know, MJ Holding, which of course uh, distributes to uh, Walmart and um, Tom Fish of uh, Blowout Cart. Um, Adam of Dave and Adams. So I said, guys, I need need cards, order cards. So I you know, as a treat. We did a box a day during COVID. And then uh, Paul wanted to make videos. And he just, you know, we did videos. He did two types of videos, gaming videos and then card videos where he'd pull open up packs and like talk about every player. So I said, let's try this on Instagram live. So we tried one day and this is like last winter. And then we just opened up a box a day every day and like he he loved it and all of a sudden the people loved it and they love this little six-year-old kid now seven opening up the packs and saying trash he's good he did this he's, oh my god i got this guy and like getting excited and um i think that i think it's very at one point we did i think like 72 days in a row we both sponsored up a live box um on instagram like during last winter like 72 days in a row. um but it, it it he had a kid over today he had a friend over the house um you know, played outside with masks, and Paul said, "Can you give me a box of basketball cards? I want to trade." And in the back of my mind, my immediate thought is, "Paul, you are going to have better basketball cards than whoever you are going to trade with, because Paul, of course, <laughs> the last, the last thing that Paul broke open was. Let me see if this is. So this is this is the box of prism that he just just opened up." So it's not a typical thing. So I'm watching the trade, trying to find something you can give. But but the kids like it. You know, and, and the other kids seven too. So I mean I think it's I and and I think what has to happen with the manufacturers, I've said this, is I would like almost you can't require them to do it, but I'd like them to pick a brand and basically say, you know, tell the distributors, this is the maximum price you're allowed to sell it at. You know, sell it at a a, 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 a and, and let look. Us as adults, us as dealers and investors, we're going to know. Hey, they're going to make a lot of this product, so we're probably not going to go out and buy ten thousand dollars of it and put them and you know, put it away for two years, hoping it goes up significantly. But have affordable boxes with nice hits with nice autographs for the kids, get them excited, and tell the distributors, guess what? You can't quadruple the price before you know the day it comes out, and and just set set something as an introductory um, so the kids can get into it because it is cool. It is fun. And you see the excitement, you know, on, on Paul's face, you know, and people, and people learn his nuances. Like he likes the autographs and the Jersey cards more than he does, you know, like, like a parallel person, you know, it's not, not like, it's not like getting the parallel. And I kept saying, turn the card over. You're going to see it's numbered. So I I think that it is, uh, it is something that the kids love and I will tell you my first set of kids you know my daughters who were you know 21 and 24 um kids their age when they grew up they didn't care about this stuff you know when when the kids 21 they may be into it now but they when they're seven, eight, ten, they are 7 8 10 they weren't into it they were into only video games this is really big for them so this is like really important because it it enables us to have a foundation where we can build upon people growing up as trading cards is part of their, not only childhood, but part of their tradition, part of their family tradition. And I get so many people from around the world that tell me, you know, that people can sign because they see me opening up cards with my son. People tell me, oh, I, I love Paul. I do this and I do that. It's, it's just, it, it's great. But I, I think that getting them into it at a young age and um, don't worry about the value. Don't worry about the cost. And I get, like I get some idiots all the time say, hey, you know, you, you, your your son didn't treat treat the card, you know, the card well. You, you know, I tell him like, be careful with the cards, and I, you know, and my I've got a three year old she likes opening up cards, and when she goes, I go out, and I've got like um like junk wax all all around my office. I keep junk wax, and so and I hate they're gonna be offended by the fact I call this stuff, but we know what it is, you know. So it's ninety one ninety two upper deck basketball, okay. So if Carly's around or could be there, and you know something can get damaged, I'll I'll open up the ninety one ninety two with the three of them, but. Let them experience the joy of it. Let them, you know, read the names. Let them learn about the history. Let them see what, you know, what a hit is. These type of things, you know, it's it's, going to grow and it's going to be important. And, um, you know, that's why I do it. I do it. I started doing it because he was bored and it was a treat for him to open up the cards. And, you know, I actually, uh, part of the reason why I don't do it every single day anymore is I don't want him to get, you know, I want him to realize that it is a treat. But it is something special that, you know, you're not going to, you know, until you're 16 years old, you know, your dad's not going to buy a box of cards. You're not going to open up every single day. You know, I want I want it to be special.
0: Well, I hope that the fact that you're doing this with Paul and you've got lots of people watching inspires mm-hmm. other people to open up, yeah. even if it is junk wax type of cards, because mm-hmm. that's how we grew up opening up packs, yep. reading, looking at the fronts, reading the yep. backs, cherishing them to some degree. And yep. some some of us just playing, you know, throwing them against the wall for sport. But. Yep. Okay. It's great. I love what you're doing with him. I think it's awesome. And I know a lot of people love, love it too. And to mm-hmm. the people who say to you that he's not treating the cards well, I mean, it's mm-hmm. okay. Garth, you know, it's, it's meant to be a fun thing. Okay. Let, let's get on to business now. So you took on an investor group. They injected, mm-hmm. I think the number is $40 million into golden auctions. Is that is mm-hmm. that the right number? Approximately? Um,
1: it, it's, the, it's, it's, the, it's the number that we announced publicly. Yes.
0: Fair, fair enough. Okay, so my, my questions are, number one, how did this come about? And you alluded to it earlier, but who is this investor group made up of? But how did it come okay. about is really what, I wanted, what so I'm What i curious
1: about. What, what happens is, you know, and um, as everybody here, look, if, if if you do not know who I am, you know, I'm the founder and um, chairman of Golden Auctions, and um been doing this my whole life, and I would strongly suggest you know, if you do nothing else, go to Instagram and follow me. Follow at Ken Gold on Instagram because you're gonna see some really big cards. You're gonna see a lot of videos and and whatnot. So, but I, what I do and I've always done since I started the business in 2012 is I believe you know I want to grow my company and I've always felt two ways for my company. One is do a better job than all of my competitors, and the second reason, second way, is to build the pie. Okay. If the base of collectors continues to grow, you know, it's going to be natural that some of that business is going to come to me. So I've gone out and I've tried to done a, do a lot of media events. I've been on CNBC. I've been on Fox Business. I've been on ESPN, Good Morning America, everywhere you possibly can imagine. So as I got, got a lot of publicity in 2020, you know, once a week I'd get some investor group. You know some venture capitalist equity fund or an individual saying i'd like to invest in gold i'd like to invest in gold," and then as the records grew and grew and grew especially after the trout all of a sudden oh you know, wow baseball card for 3.9 million you know it came even more so you know most of the people i just said no i'm not you know no thank you no thank you was standard and i got an email and i replied you know no thank you but then something in the last sentence of the email caught my eye and it was that we were the founding investor of Barstool Sports, okay? I said, oh, I know Barstool Sports. Um, So I went back and I read his email and I contacted him. And at that time, I was working on my first auction with Sotheby's. And um, Sotheby's had signed something with me where they were interested in acquiring golden auctions. Um and then so I'm gonna tell you the whole story. This we may cut some of the stuff, but this is like the the whole story. And I hope NDA not Nobody watches, <laughs> yeah, this, gotta, right? So there you go. So. <laughs> so 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 I had Sotheby's and I had these people. Um, and it was called the churning Group. So I spoke to spoke to uh, Matt Brown, who had contacted me. I said this is interesting, and he says he's looking at the business, and you know he really likes what we do. And so I got on a Zoom with him, and you no, know, what I do with people is. If I even have a mild amount of interest to make sure it's not some generic mass mailing, I said, Tell me what you know about me. Tell me what you know about the company. And he proceeded to rattle off every big sale. He proceeded to talk about what I I did when I was 22 and 23 years old, which meant they did their research. I said, Okay. Um, I said, Send you know, he goes, Do you want to send an NDA? So he sent me an NDA. So we went back and forth about different things, about what they want to do. And their vision was content, basically. You know, we want to create great content and drive people to the trading card industry. We want to create great content, drive people to your auction. And they said, you know, in a perfect world, and they used Dave Portnoy as an example. They said, in a perfect world, we'd want you to do everything you love, and we want you to do nothing about everything you don't like, yeah. um, which sounded good to me you know, I don't necessarily like managing 20 employees Let on probably in three months, there'll be a hundred employees. Um, if I can promote my business, get cons, I love getting consignments. I love going into people's houses and finding all the great stuff they have. So concentrating all that type of stuff, concentrate on PR. So we negotiated back and forth. And, um, then, um, I heard from, uh, another company while this is going on a four letter word company. And, um, they wanted to um, invest in Golden. And um, my cousin, who does M&A for a living, told me that if you work with them, you will want to um, shoot yourself in a couple of years. <laughs> um, so I, I went down the path with churning group, we worked at a deal that I thought was reasonable. Um, and as part of it, they were going to bring in a superstar group of, of investors. Um, so we worked out the deal very, very, at the very end of last year. And then we brought in additional people throughout early in the year. And some of the people that took, took place in the, I'll call it the initial $40 million. Uh, because there has been some activity since then, uh, um, it's not public, um, is, uh, you know, some well-known are, you know, Kevin Durant, uh, Mark Cuban, uh, David Blitzer, who owns the 76ers uh Dwayne Wade, um Adam Adam Bain, uh one of the original founders and COO of Twitter, uh Chad Hurley who founded uh YouTube. Um uh, a name that many sports cards collectors are gonna know uh because he's a venture capitalist and friendly with uh Elon Musk Bill Lee. Um now some names that haven't been released yet um Venus Williams uh mm-hmm. Dak Prescott CJ McCullough Blake Griffin, um, God, uh, Timberland uh, has been been uh, now that people know that, but he did a live with me where he showed that he um, bought a Jordan rookie. Um, and there, oh, Mark Wahlberg. I'm I'm really bad at this. There's a lot of them. And the, in the first, and and it was cool because all of a sudden they say Dwayne Wade wants to zoom with you. Okay, uh, Mark Wahlberg wants to zoom. I'm like Mark Wahlberg wants to zoom with Ken Golden. <laughs> what, 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 what's going on here? And the funny you know what's funny is that they the, the people at said that they've done a lot of these things and they said they never saw Zooms like this. These guys, these guys were like, you know, fans. They were like they went, like, they were like thought that to them that they were trying to buy a stock and they were talking to Warren Buffett. And they weren't paying Warren Buffett anything. They were getting like a free hour of Warren Buffett's Buffett's time. So you know, <laughs> to me, I enjoy it. It's great. And um there are there is more news to come. I'll, I'll just mention that. But we, we have very, very, very big plans. And the major goal of, of everything was to bring in content to my business, content to the hobby, um, because that's what these guys do. Bring in technology, which is why we have, you know, somebody who, you know, a Google executive, a Facebook executive, a Twitter executive. Uh, we brought in the CEO who had a Google and uh, Twitter background. Um, you know, that's why we, uh, you know, and then to, to create a uh, new platform that, you know, and look, let's face it. I've been doing and Golden has been doing everything we have, but, but the software was, was originally created in 2003. So we've got a prep platform and it, it's, you know, I know, I know the faults. Um, I know that I generate 25 to 50 times the traffic that anybody else who uses their software generates. So sometimes it causes problems. Uh, that will be solved next month um, and the new platform will be up and it's worth the wait. But that was really what it is to ensure that we can better serve our customers, to ensure we've got a technology platform that is second to none and that can handle millions of transactions and um, be able, therefore, to expand our base where we can not only service the quote unquote ultra wealthy, we can also service the individuals who are going to sell sell something from $50 to $500.
0: I was going to ask you what the plan was for the capital injection and Mm -hmm. is it mostly to go to the new platform or can, can you speak to what where that 40 or so million dollars is, uh, how you're putting that to use?
1: Well, obviously, um, they bought stocks. Obviously some of that went to me, um, and, and, um, the, the capital, is all in scaling up. We're about to make an announcement uh, next week. Uh, We've hired a number of positions, uh, you know, a a head of customer service, a head of business development, um, a head of consignments, a uh, head of content, um, a chief technical officer, a chief product officer. um, And we are building multiple technology-based systems. Uh, not only for a marketplace, but uh, for pricing algorithms, for video content, for um, tracking software, uh, for insurance, everything, anything, you know, inventory, anything and everything to uh, cater to the collectors is uh, is what we're doing. And we also, we had 12,000 square feet and we just leased 13,000 square feet next to us, which we're moving into, uh, expanding into by the end of this month. So all of that's, you know, that's capitals. Basically, I went from 21 employees to about 60, 21 employees at the end of the year, about 60 now, and um, probably 80 by July.
0: So you're, so technology, a little bit for your own pocket, some working mm-hmm. capital, some scaling, everything you need to, yep. to grow the business. All right, man. So- exactly. Sounds good. The new platform, let's talk about that for a second, because I, I was under the impression we were going to see that already mm-hmm. by now.
1: Yep. Me and too.
0: I, I know. Things never happen as planned, but can you just speak to, you say next month, is this is this a for sure? Are you certain or is it possibly going to be a bit longer? Like, what do you think?
1: Um, I truly believe by the end of May, it will be up and running. I would say with, a, with 100% confidence by the end of this quarter, it will be up and running. Um, I'm told that, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things, you know, you got security issues, you got to look at it, you got to try and hack it, you got to try and breach it, you have to connect it to, uh, to payment systems, um, you know, I may say things I want, like, for example, you know, I want a, um, an offer, um, you know, we've sold now, we've sold over 300, 250, 250, probably, we're closing in on $400 million worth of sales in our history. Um, so I want a feature on every single one of those items that, you know, if something's not an auction, you saw something sold two years ago and, and you'd like to buy it or you missed out an auction a week ago, you can click a button and make an offer to the owner. Um, so, so that's that's a feature we're putting in. Uh, we want to have different sections to run different areas. So there's a lot of, as things build, you know, we, we want to, we find what, what's missing. And, you know, they tell me, you know, technology is, um, you can't rush tech. You know, my original hope was that it was going to be the end of February, um, and then April. But I'm I'm highly, from what I've seen, from what I've seen, I'm highly confident in uh, in the uh, late May, uh, late May launch.
0: Okay, so let's. I, I'm gonna, you know, I like to under promise and over deliver. So you said yeah. by the end of Q two. So for my personal yeah. expectations, I'm gonna hope end we see it by yep. July one. You know what I mean? Okay. By the end that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> okay. So um, you've set out this vision, I believe, because mm-hmm. we've talked about it. I've heard you talk about it uh, to mm-hmm. kind of take on eBay as being one of the premier marketplaces for sports cards. Yep. What, you know, th- we have a question here. Uh, Brent Criswell says, are you going to try to outdo eBay and be the main marketplace for sports cards only? But on, t- I think that's one of your goals that may be very grand, but... How are you going to measure that? At what point are you going to know that, yeah, we are on track to to reach this goal?
1: Um, I would say when we dramatically increase, you know, a couple of metrics. Uh, First of all, when our average price point goes dramatically down, because that means that we are servicing um, a lot more cards that are driving the price down. I would say that when we have a user base that really is quadruple where we are now, because the users we have now are, are mostly tailored to you know even if I go in the low end five hundred dollars and up, um, for us to really penetrate that market we have to have have significantly 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 more users that are going to buy the, the fifty dollar the seventy five the 100 hundred dollar items and you know and we might go to two different ends of the platform we might li- literally like or we call our top options golden elite. So we might have literally one golden elite portal, which is for the higher end stuff, and then a just a golden marketplace for everything else so that people can go to one. And you know, if people are in, in a quote-unquote elite auction, they don't feel it's cluttered, as some people may have called it, um, with uh, a bunch of lower end stuff. And uh, I actually did this. Right now, we launched yesterday the April premium card auction, and that's what I did. the you know, last auction, we had 2,500 lots. This time I think we've got nine hundred. Uh, there's no duplication. You know, there's no you know two or three. Um, you know, and these. Um, I, I do take feedback by the way. and I want to let let everyone know that I take feedback. I listen. Um, you know, last option if you typed in probably Zion, you may have gotten 75, um, 75 results. This auction, you type in Zion, you may have eleven results. Um, so we're going to really make sure we cater to our consignors and keep their type of product li- uh, limited which is why we get the new platform we can put all the other ends you know other other items on um you know on a different on a different section where if people don't want to see that stuff it's it's not cluttered but uh you know obviously volume i mean look last year ebay did 2 billion dollars um look this year 100 138 right, right now we're over 140 million dollars and it's april 10. So I don't know that I'm going to keep that pace. Let's say I'm not going to keep that pace. Let's say I do $350 million. Okay, That's um, a decent percentage of of what eBay does. And for a small company, I'm sure eBay is a thousand times my employees, but what the main things about eBay, the main things about what we want to do um, that would give us and give the people who use us, but both buyers and sellers an advantage over eBay are uh, number one, is um, is the vetting okay? You're not going to have bidders at Golden who own their own items. You're not going to have bidders at Golden who are bidding without the intention to pay, especially on high end items, because we credit check everybody, we you know identity check everybody, all these type of things. Um, so if you sell something, you know you're going to get paid. If you buy something, you know it's you know you're not going to get you're not going to get the shaft. I mean, if you buy something, you're going to be in a position. Okay, fine. I know I bid against real bidders. Um, I know that the product is in a central location. I know that if I pay somebody, I don't have to worry that I'm going to get the wrong product. I don't have to worry that somebody's you know give, give me if, if there's if there's something crazy like like a counterfeit holder, which is an occasional problem in our industry. You know, they're going to take it back, no questions asked. All these type of things are assured. It's the same type of reason why people like buying from Amazon. It, it, you know, the, the convenience. i can go to Amazon. You know, I know I'm going to get it. And I know it's going to be good delivery. And and that's the type of service we want to provide. We're not going to be selling cars. We're not going to be selling laundry detergent on the same platform. We're going to have um, high resolution images, good descriptions on everything, uh, customer service that's available. Like people can call us and guess what? We answer the phone. We say, "Hey, go to Um, People email us. We actually reply to emails. People. Um, I don't want to start, or I don't, I don't want to be off of this and see 200 direct messages on Instagram, but I've made it known that I actually respond personally to every single one. You know, I don't want somebody do it for me. I have somebody respond to all my social media. You know, I, I, I respond personally to all my social media. So there's different ways to contact us. And it's kind of like the way that StockX and Goat took the majority of the sneaker market off of eBay. That's what we're looking to do for the uh, sports card market.
0: Okay, man. I mean, that's, that's a lot of information there and it's a lot of detail, which I greatly appreciate. I think the viewers mm-hmm. do too. Um, okay. A couple of uh, rapid fire questions here from the crowd. Okay. Mm-hmm. Literally, we're going to mm-hmm. do these quickly. Mr. LAGN mm-hmm. says, what percentage of the purchases were done with Bitcoin?
1: Well, we just started accepting Bitcoin two weeks ago. And that's the other thing is, is that we now accept cryptocurrency. Uh, we do accept Bitcoin. We accept Ethereum and um, it is, um, it's its it's I think it's going to be on larger purchases. Um, it, it's not because of the timing and the currency. The way we work it is we um, there's a two-hour window. We tell people, okay, your purchase is this much in US dollars. You have two hours to complete it. If they miss the window, then we've got to do it a different day. Um, so this way, we, we lock in our currency risk, which is what we try to avoid. But right. right now, right now, it's less than 1%. I think as it goes out and as people learn about it, but both, but the purchases have been higher end, like we sold the Jay-Z card that sold for 134000 that was a Bitcoin purchase. Oh, okay. um, so I, I also think it allows consigners with ultra high-end items, the potential that there's some billionaire out there with $600 million stuck in cryptocurrency that wants to spend some of it and, um, you know, do it, do it with golden.
0: Yeah. Why not? So maybe, maybe
1: they overpay and you get a really good price as a result.
0: Yeah. Okay, next question from uh, Hershey's Cards. Will Golden Eagles ever start a fractional share division?
1: Um, we currently have fractional share companies as our customers. Um, you know, they bid and they do private sales and um, I would never roll anything out.
0: Smart. Okay, let's move along. The next thing I want to talk about are the the buyer profiles. Like who are the customers? Who are buying these cards right now? So, you know, couple of things on that number one again who are they are they committed to this to the hobby long term and you know you're on the front lines you know you know are they are they collectors are they investors are they diversifying their portfolios um what's their exit strategy what can you let us know about the profile of the of the buyers and you know how many people out there are actually spending six and seven figures on a on a card is it you know, is, is there a dozen people? Is there, is it under a hundred? Is it, is it hundreds? Is it thousands? Give us some insight. Cause I, I know that if anybody knows it, it's you, mm-hmm. you know, the profile of these people that are driving the upper end of the hobby. Never mind mm-hmm. the, the fractional companies. We know that they're buying company, they're buying cards from you and other auction houses mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we see them turn them around and, and offer yeah. them uh, on, on their platforms profile of the buyers I asked you this last time and i'm I'm just assuming that now there's so much more action that you might have a bit of a, a more evolved mm. answer.
1: okay so the first answer I'd give is I would believe as far as people with the ability and willingness um, and history of of spending a hundred thousand dollars or more on a trading card would be uh, would be over a thousand okay so would it, it, it's it's probably a broader market than people think. You know, so there's definitely over a thousand that would buy, you know, spend, have spent or would spend or have the ability to spend. Um, A lot of what we have, a lot of the buyers that we have, you know, it's a strong repeat business. And that's what makes me really comfortable is that uh, the same guy I can look and see with a $600,000 invoice um, in my last auction had, had a similar but probably less expensive invoice in 2019 and a similar... Know, but less expensive invoice in 2015. So these are people who have been doing it for five or six years, and as the prices have gone up, um, have they churned the collection over to a degree? Yes, they have. You know, they, they, they've gotten, gotten to different things, but, you know, you, you have different types. I mean, you can't say one buyer, you do have, there are funds that are buying this stuff that are looking for, you know, alternate. There are many billionaires that are basically dipping their toes into it, and you know they may buy one card. They may, you know, and the great thing about these people is, um, unlike most people I do business with, they all talk to me and they all want to talk to me. So, like, I'll they they'll like they'll ask me. Like, I'll say, yeah, I've got this Brady coming up, or I've got this LeBron Exquisite coming up, or or they'll talk about you know they'll talk about Michael Jordan, they'll talk about you know Kobe, they'll talk about other others. So so they actually communicate with me, so I know what they're looking for. And I know what they, um, you know, what they want. And I can, you know, you know, give, give them at least my opinion on, you know, what I think. Um, But, you know, so you've got, you've got that, you've got ultra wealthy, but a lot of it is really just people, you know, professional, you know, people who, who love this stuff. And then what's happened is we have a lot of wealth creation in our hobby. Okay. People who had. You know, look, you wouldn't think that they were rich, but they, but they had card collections and they had wax collections. And suddenly they have $3 million in inventory or they have $5 million in inventory. So they were never really big spenders before, but now they are. And the other thing that they do is a lot of those people, what they do is they see a grail that they always wanted and they buy it. know, let's say, so let's spend $350,000 to get this card. And they won't write it. They won't write a check. What they'll do is say, "Okay, fine. I've got these seven cards, or these five items, and these ten items." And they'll consign, you know, ten items of lesser value but greater than the purchase. And they're they're basically constantly looking to upgrade their collection. You know, let's say somebody buys a, um, you know, let's say something. You know, like I've got somebody right now. Um, you know, they they, um, they they buy a nine Gretzky. So they'll consign back an 8 Gretzky and a bunch of other stuff like that. So people are constantly, that's a lot of what you see in these auctions is people that are also upgrading it. And then, yeah, then you've got a lot of new people that are just getting into it. I don't know much about them except to say, you know, they they all show, now I'm seeing crypto wallets. So people register and they say, I'd like unlimited bidding. And all of a sudden you see, you know, they just show us a crypto wallet with $27 million in it. And you know the trick I learned, you know, from my from my new CFO is that's great, but how do you know it's there? So we actually make a transfer of something from that crypto wallet, so we know that they control it. Right. Um, right. You know, so so before we before we give them the bidding, but it is a lot of. Um, it it is a very 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 diverse group. it's also worldwide it it's it's all over the place uh people from you know every day I see you know emails come through where people sending us pictures of the passport because somebody in the credit department said hey, we need to see um need to see your passport before you can bid yeah
0: and in terms of like geography uh, of these people is it mm-hmm. is it mostly north american i mean we 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 know there's the uh, you know, international bidders. What, what can you mm-hmm. tell us about that? Uh, how has that changed
1: in the last year or so? Um, there are some days where I look at the bidding and we have, well, first of all, when we did the deal with Logan Paul, um, and we broke Pokemon, it was the craziest thing. I mean, I, th- I literally think I may have had, you know, thousands of people from the country of Denmark register. I mean, I guess Logan Paul and Pokemon is really, really big in Denmark and Germany because we got a lot from there. Um, but nowadays, I'd say basically, typically. On a low of 10 percent to a high of 25 percent, because I look at my new registers every single day. And then one, the first thing I do is look at the country code. So I'd say between 10 and 25 percent of the new registers every day are from outside the United States. The uh, the usual suspects are um Hong Kong, Macau, Philippines, Australia, uh, those are those, those are typically the big ones. You know, those, you know, and, and China, you know, but, but specifically, you know, Hong Kong is, is designated separately. Macau is designated separately. Um, Philippines is, 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 for whatever reason, is really, really big. Uh, China is really, really big. Australia is probably the single biggest. Um, and then as we get into soccer, we do have uh, South America, We have Africa, and we have uh, a lot of Europe. A lot of, and and I'd say out of the five countries that we get outside of North America, United Kingdom would be in the top five as well.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Uh, And is a lot of that driven by soccer?
1: A lot of that is driven by soccer is the first, and basketball would be second.
0: Really? Yeah, because yeah, basketball seems to be leading and driving the hobby from you know from the macro perspective. Is that mostly then North American bidders?
1: Uh, no basketball it depends basketball is is definitely an international sport uh, mostly uh it would be u.s beers versus uh asia and australia and okay. when it comes to basketball it's not, oh, it's not in, really you're Euro- not really a european thing
0: okay and in terms of the again sticking on the buyer profiles uh athletes and celebrities you know i know you, you've talked about it you've i mean some of your mm-hmm. investors i believe are and i actually want to ask you this in terms of the investors and we'll segue from there but in terms of the, of the investor group are any of these guys and, and gals or any of them um collectors as well and are they buying are they buying cards at the auction or are they simply just investing
1: in golden auctions uh, my investors to date have spent multi-millions of dollars in the past six months at golden auctions um you know the the one I can talk about because people know he buys is uh, is Kevin Durant. Um, I'm I, I don't know why he hasn't released it yet, but uh, there are several high profile um, you know, Kevin Durant cards that we've sold uh, that he bought. Uh, there are other athletes, um, and then some of you know there there are a lot of athletes are buying. There are there are active baseball players today. With trading card collections that are in excess of ten million dollars, I'm not saying, I'm saying million, but in excess of ten million dollars, um, and they buy baseball and basketball. I mean, you know, there's one one who buys everything. You know, one who buys you know, soccer and, and 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 everything else. This is an absolute, absolute, absolute whale. Um, but yeah, the, the investors are the investors are buying. Um, one of my, I won't mention the purchase. Um, but one of my tech investors made what I would consider an unusual purchase because it wasn't like a standard card, you know, it wasn't like a standard card from a standard sport, Um, but it was, you know, it was a big purchase. Um, But yeah, they they are, I think they did it because they enjoy it. They see upside. And I think also they, you know, figured, okay, Hey, fine. I'm, you know, I'm in here and um, you know, I've got Ken to talk to. I mean, I tell all these guys, listen, I don't care if you buy it from me, but talk to me before you buy anything. Before you go to go to eBay, and hit the buy it now for two hundred seventy-six thousand dollars on an item that I think is worth eighty grand, so just ask me. Um, you know, ask me my opinion first.
0: So, just in general, when it comes to this category of of par- hobby participant, are they? What's your gut feel? Are these guys are they in it for the long term, or are they are they investors? Are they collectors? How do you see them? Uh, when it comes to the investor collector dichotomy,
1: uh, I think they're both. Um, I think you know there's one guy who literally texts me videos of him. He bought a an expensive case off my you know auction, okay, and then he sends me videos of himself um, opening the cards and, and getting excited when he when he you know one of them was a basketball case because he hit a, he hit a pretty big Kobe card. So, like you sent me a picture of, of, of him pulling the kobe card out of uh, one of the boxes so i would say it is it's you know it's some investing uh some collecting because they enjoy it some wanting to share it with their kids um and some honestly i, I think some of it because they think that this is um, you know it, it's kind of cool to basically say you know they're not gonna they're not somebody who's gonna buy they don't need to own 500 cards But they want to own like five or six really good cards to say, yeah, I've got a great Jordan. I've got a great LeBron. You know, I've got a great trout, that type of thing. So just almost feel like they're relevant and part of conversation.
0: So, you know, let's encourage them to get out there and share it and, you know, help help us go even more mainstream because they have a lot of influence, of course. Let's let's uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about um, the, the supply of high end cards on the market right now and what we've seen yeah. in the past six or so months. So, mm-hmm. you know, there I think some people are, have expressed some concern that mm-hmm. some of these high end buyers may be experiencing some buyer fatigue. And I don't mm-hmm. know if this is speculation or or firsthand mm-hmm. information, but what can you what can you say to that in terms of are some of these people who are who are and were buying High six, seven digit cards over the last, you know, even, even in late January, we saw a lot of golden auction sales even as well. Mm. We've seen a lot. Well, and specifically, we've <laughs> seen some yes. big sales uh, yep. from, from golden in January and February. Are any of these buyers, from what you can tell, are they experiencing any buyer fatigue right now? Um,
1: I I wouldn't say they're experienced. I wouldn't say experienced buyer fatigue. What I would say is that um, what happens um is that you get a card that hasn't been seen in forever and it hits a number that is so high that it kind of like rings the bell to other people who have that card and they say, crap, that card's too expensive. I can't hold it anymore. You know, it's just, I don't want to, you know, because look, let's look at realistically. If you bought a card for $10,000 or $20,000 and the card sells for $700,000 you say to yourself in the back of my mind, you know, back of your mind, by holding on to this card, it's kind of like me going out and buying it for seven hundred thousand dollars because I'm, and I would never buy it for seven hundred thousand dollars. I'd never buy it for five hundred. So you see more of them, more of them come to, more of them come to the marketplace, and I think that it, it's not buyers fatigue from the standpoint, but there's more. The cards that people thought they would never sell, all of a sudden they're selling, and they have to be um into the marketplace they have to be um you know they have to be distributed out um to find a price equilibrium so i don't think that the number of buyers has gone away and the fact that people who spend money believe me they're spending more money now uh than they were six months ago what you've seen on some of these cards is some of these holy grail once every five year cards because a number hit so high, or because there was such a spike, some people, okay, fine. That spike was too much. I need to sell that spike. You know, even if I love the card, I need to sell that spike. And you see it less on a one of one than you do maybe on a one of 10 or a one of 50 or a one of 309, um, you know, like, like the Flair Jordan.
0: So, you know, in an effort to ensure that some of these, the the high-end buyers, the whales of the hobby, that they Mm -hmm. don't experience buyer fatigue, you know, how do we, how we, how do you balance that? I mean, there's been a proliferation of auction houses, Mm -hmm. including Golden, offering Mm -hmm. more cards every month, more rounds of auctions every month. Mm -hmm. And I'm there, you know, there's the supply of these grails, like, and you Mm -hmm. said, you explained why, but how do you, How does Ken Golden balance that to, Mm -hmm. you know, do you have any inclination to trickle out cards or is it just like whatever comes in, we're going to list. How how do you, how do you balance that for the long-term sustainability of all this?
1: Well, I can guarantee you, we, we do not go, whatever comes in, uh, we're going to list. As an example, at one point in time I had four 1952 Tops Mickey Mantle PSA 8 sitting on my desk for okay, so you haven't seen 452 Mantle PSA 8s in the auction, have you? Um, so you know, we, we we have we and this is what this is what I try and explain, okay? So, right now, I'm gonna give people the like the landscape of, of the marketplace. So, eBay as a whole did two billion dollars last year, okay? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit aggressive now. So eBay as a whole did 2 billion gold's on a pace of 500 million and eBay at that 2 billion may have had a small portion of the marketplace. Okay. A small portion, a certain portion of the high end market. I think I had higher. So I would say that golden probably is over 50% of the high end trading card market. Um, I know, look, I know it because I talk to people, um, you know, there are, you know, outside of PWCC, I'm pretty friendly with with all the other auction houses. Um, and, you know, I know people's numbers. You know, my guess would be that we are by far the largest this year. Uh, the two eBay sellers, you know, I think that Heritage is uh, is a distant second. And the two big eBay, eBay sellers are third and fourth. And between the four of us, we're probably like 90% of the high-end market. So people... If you see something golden, it doesn't mean it's quote-unquote plentiful. What it means is is that we have such a high percentage of that marketplace that people are giving us us that stuff. And they should, because we have all the buyers that will do it. Um, I think that some of the stuff, my personal opinion, is that the marketplace for basketball ran so hot for 18 months because you don't see this in baseball. You don't see people aren't complaining, you know, the high end hockey market is too much high end hockey on the marketplace, there's too much high end soccer in the marketplace. Um, or they're not even complaining, there's too much high end baseball in the marketplace. What they're complaining about is too much Jordan, it's too much LeBron, it's too much Luka, it's too much Zion. You know, you know me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk straight. That's what they're that's what they're that's what they're saying, there's too much, okay? Yeah, so what happens is the Jordan rookie in particular went from 250 where it was constantly gaining momentum. And then all of a sudden on January 30th, we had two sales. Both cards went for $720,000. And it just, people's eyes popped out and people who never thought that they would sell a PSA 10 Jordan. All of a sudden they're all trying to sell the PSA 10 Jordan. They're all trying to take advantage of that marketplace. So you have, maybe the population of Jordan's didn't, didn't change. I've been watching PSA Pop Report. I think during this time, there's been one more card greater than 10 during all this time. Uh, so they've got a tight grip on that. And we'll yeah. talk about that later. <laughs> um, but so, so it's not like more of them were created because no more were created, but it's just more people, it rang their bell and said, okay, fine, it's time to sell. So it's, it's like a stock, like Tesla hits a peak, and people say, "Oh my God, I can't believe it went up 160 points in the day." And over the next two weeks, everybody sells. Okay, and it goes down and down and down until it finds an equilibrium. And that's what I think happened with the 8600 in particular. And you know, I even said it on my live the 31st, where I said, "You know, I wish it didn't go for seven. T- I'm happy for my consigners, but I p- would have preferred a nice big sale of 400,000." If we had a nice big sale of 400,000, we would have been slowly going up uh, over the past two months instead of you know, slowly going down. And then then I think we hit a plateau. I think like at 425, we hit a plateau because I sold two of them at 480 and one of them at 510 last week. Um, So I think that it's hit that equilibrium, but that's what has to happen is it's not that people lose interest. It's not like there's more creative because they're not. All of these cards are very limited. All of these cards, especially the numbered ones, you can all see the pop report. The problem comes in when the entire pop report is all of a sudden for sale at the same time. It doesn't mean cards go into quote unquote crash. What it means is that people who wanted to buy that card are going to get their one opportunity to buy it for less than they would have been able to buy it two months ago, three months ago, or four months ago. And the people who took advantage of that are, are going to be happy. You want to, If you want to buy for the long term, you want to buy when these things happen because you know, again it's not like they went back and re- look it's not like they went back and reprinted the Luca Prism Gold they did you know there's still there's still only 10 of them but because a couple hit the market at the same time the second one went went for went for, went for less than the first and and because you lost the bidder so it's definitely not fatigue what it is is more choices and more high end cards that become available people have to choose a little bit more and and my viewpoint on that if i can say something to people with 86 flair if you own 86 flair Keep them legitimately. Don't next 30 days, next 60 days. Don't contact any auction house to sell your PSA 8 Jordan rookies or your PSA 7 Jordan rookies or your PSA 9 Jordan rookies. Write down what I'm telling you right now. My personal opinion is those PSA 7s, those PSA 8s, and those PSA 9s are going to go for more in 90 days than they are today because we saw a slide. I think that the slide is over. I think it hit a, what I believe is is a bottom like two, three weeks ago, we saw my auction, the price started to rise and I had three of them and I'm not doing that again. I'm not putting three tens in the auction again. You notice the one we have now, we have one, but I think that enough people said, okay, fine, this is a good level to buy that, uh, that they can go back up and, you know, if people can be patient, and say, "Oh my God, I got you know, don't you know, whatever." I think a card like that. I mean, I, I love that wax, that particular wax. To me, is is my is still my best buy in this marketplace. I would buy it, you know, tomorrow at the prices today.
0: So really, I mean, and you know, the, the Jordan was the next topic, but we're into it now. Mm-hmm. And um, really, what you're saying is the the price swings that we've seen from two fifty. Last mm-hmm. year to 720, the end of mm-hmm. December your auction. Now mm-hmm. we've seen 460, 460, 523. Mm-hmm. These are, uh, you know, I was going to say they're just typical market fluctuations, but really they're typical. It's supply and demand at work. And I, I heard a I heard a quote recently. I think it was on Instagram. Someone's story post said uh, it was quite clever. Said demand meets supply, mm-hmm. and it's exactly yep. what you're. It's exactly what you're saying, right? People yep. are wanting to take advantage of that of those $720,000 comps that were set at Golden and try yep. to take advantage of that market but all of a sudden mm-hmm. there's more cards offered for sale and mm-hmm. you just said I mean you know you've sold several since then and now you're saying you're not going to put three up again that's that's just I guess it's not a great strategy you've learned that and you're going to move yep. forward and kind of trickle them out slower which I think is I think is a good move. I commend you for that. I think mm-hmm. I think you know we only we only learn from experience and even as as in tune with a hobby as you are. Mm-hmm. I, I commend you for 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 uh, taking that position and uh, and publicly stating that you know we we did that and we saw what happened and now we're gonna tweak it a little bit going forward. So I think that's a great move. A um, couple of comments here from the crowd. Uh, this one's pretty mm-hmm. funny from Wisk Collectible it says, I wonder how much trash talk there is amongst athletes regarding collecting. You can't even afford my rookie card. Like that, I think that's pretty yeah. hilarious. Uh, Global yep. Sports says, my concern is sustainability of our amazing hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Columbia says, I would say we're going to be sustainable at these levels for another couple of years from what we are seeing uh, Joe says the law, the the law of supply and demand rings eternal. I think so. And this is the here's a question, card porn. What do you think the correct price for the FLIR PSA ten rookie card should be?
1: Um, as I said, I think look this time last year, you know, the card right now is probably about. Um, let's get a range. I'm going to give it a big range because I did see, I guess, mile high. I think mile high was probably the low. They were 422, but but people don't go, people, that's the other thing. Don't go to an auction that specializes in 1940s or 50s cards, or don't go to an auction that specializes to a large degree in early 20th century and 19th century card, and give them your shiny LeBron card or give them your Jordan rookie. It's, it's stupid. I mean, I know it, it, it's it's like, it's like dominant, and some and some of the moves to me is like, why, why, why does this happen? I think the range is 435, 440 to five and a quarter right now. Um, I expect it to stay in that range for, uh, for a while. I'd like it to see it stay in that range literally for, for like a year. I mean, yeah. let, let, let everybody who bought at 100 or under slowly pass it off. Um, and what people don't know is I've sold about 18 FLIR 10s privately this year. OK, and I'm doing that as, as best I can because I'm going to people who want to sell and say, hey, how about I place this for you? How about I place this for you in this way? What it does, it takes the card out of somebody's hands who, who who's into it cheap and puts it to somebody's hands who is into it in, you know, in, you know, $500,000 range. So therefore, they're going to wait till it goes up higher. And, you know, but I, I think that, look, too many of those cards, the price, if there was a gradual Escalation of the price again. It went from $9, seventy-five thousand this time last year to five hundred thousand. If I told everybody to go up six and a half, seven times in value, um, in in wow, 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 from last year, from last time I was on. What am I saying? Well, this time last year, the car was forty grand. Okay, that's what yeah. you got to remember. This time last year, the card was forty grand. So it when the price went up so much, too many people rushed to sell at the exact same time. Had it gone up more gradually? i think that you would have had um i think that you would have had um continue rise i think it would be higher today than it was in january i believe that the correct price for the 86 jordan right now is um it has a four or a five in front of it but i will tell you there is one thing that can really spike those cards high okay and like for example right now we're advertising you know i think the one we have right now is the nicest one we've seen it's extremely well centered and we put that in the description um So SGC has their gold label, okay? Everyone listen to me very carefully. I want everyone to listen very, very carefully to what I'm about to say. SGC has their gold label. BGS has their black label. PSA has a 10. Nat Turner now runs PSA. Nat Turner is a brilliant business person and a really smart collector. PSA comes out. With whatever their version is and people go out start looking for the best psa 10s to try and upgrade to whatever this new thing is will be um you're gonna see seven figure michael jordan rookies left and right because we all know what what would a bgs black label jordan go for i mean you know right it's gonna, it's gonna go for a couple million easy um what would a psa whatever label go for um and they're obviously. You know, they're not going to cross BGS, they're not going to cross SG, the companies don't cross each other, you know, they they look at the best PSA 10s, and see if they're eligible. So I think if and when that if, and when something like that is announced, I think that is probably when you'd see the next price, you know, bump up big on the Jordan, right now, I'd like to see a stable market in Jordan's so and see a bunch of sales with a four or five in front of it. And then, um, you know, then, you know, gradually go up from there.
0: Okay, yeah, it's a great. It's an interesting answer. I mean, you know what? I'm going to skip ahead to a question I was going to save for later, but I'm I'm going to ask it right now. Before I do though, I want to put bring this up on the screen. Uh, 23 mm-hmm. Aaron says Ken is keeping it real. You never hear anyone say, "Don't send me your Jordan rookie cards." Good to mm-hmm. see the truth. I, that's kind of what I was getting at earlier. So thank you, mm-hmm. Aaron, for that. The question I was going to come to get to later was, you know, when a influencer that has millions of followers. Uh, mm-hmm. makes a public valuation on a card. And so I'm not speaking in code, but when Gary Vaynerchuk comes out and says that the PSA 10 Michael Jordan is going to be a million dollar card, mm-hmm. um, you know, how how much of an impact does that actually have on the value of that card? And mm-hmm. th- does it have the power to move the market towards that million dollars? And and for do you think that that particular explanation exclam- Exclamation that he made had an impact on those seven hundred thousand dollars sales uh, at Golden in January because I think he said it uh, previous to that.
1: Sure. Okay. So first of all, he said the week before the auction closed. Um, you know, obviously Gary is a very successful and brilliant business person, and he's very passionate. And I can tell you from experience that he's very passionate about uh, you know about, about the business, about the industry. Um, I actually spent a couple of days with him before the market took off in, um, what was it, I guess it was in the, um, Chicago national in, uh, 2019. So that, you know, 2000, 2019, um, and, um, you know, so he, he does love cards. He does collect them personally. He does love the industry. Uh, that said, Gary is used to being Gary. And whereas I tell my social media director golden options, I say. I don't want you to use the word invest ever on a post. I did it on a, on a post once. I said, take that down. Don't ever use it. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a licensed financial advisor. I don't want to be counting investments. I don't want, people ask me what I like or what I would buy myself or what players I like or what players I think other player other people like, or what cards I know people looking for, I'll answer. No, one thing I'm never, I never do is I don't look at a card that's $10,000 and say, I think this is $100,000 next year. That's just not, that's just not the way I do it. Um, if Gary said it, he said it. I'm sure because he believes it. What does it do to the value of a card if somebody says it's 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 going to go to this? I don't think it does anything to the value of the card. And I'm I'm emphasizing the word value. What does it do to a price fluctuation? It can certainly temporarily fluctuate the price. Okay, and I think. That um, you know, it, it can tem- it definitely contemporarily uh, fluctuate the price, and it can make a sale that would have been, you know, in the five hundred thousand dollar range, and a great record-breaking sale, and just make it, um, you know, cuckoo. If you have two or three people who have so much money that they have, you know, they have, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out, and they just pay whatever it is to make sure they're the winning bidder when the auction ends, and then obviously people see that price. And people think okay that's not the new price where you know that's a new price where it might not necessarily be the new price it might be a price where you had two yokels or four yokels in, in this case obviously <laughs> two different winners um you know go up and 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 again that's it, it it can you know anything can accelerate just like um you know just just like any celebrity going out with you know who is 100 million followers you know, says something. You know, if some of their followers go out and 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 buy it, and you know, it increase it increases demand. It, it definitely, at least short term, increases demand. Short term increases demand, and I think that you know that certainly could. You know, also the flip side is like it's a lot easier to t- take a five hundred dollar card and say I think this is worth five thousand, than it is to take a three hundred fifty thousand dollar card, which had sold for three fifty, I think, before he said that, and and take it to seven hundred, I and mean, that that's. On that particular card, it's, it's a bit of a stretch, but I see, I see people do it on the other one. But yeah, obviously, people who are influencers, especially you know, if, if they have inventory and, and, and give price predictions, will in some way, depending on the type of influence they have, impact the price. It's just—it's—it's just—it's it's just, it's
0: human nature. Just right? It's just to yeah. happen.
1: It's just going to happen.
0: You know, I just want to say, too, that, you know, when you when you use the yokels comment, that that was actually really insightful for me because, you know, we see these comps and we think, okay the Jordan's now worth 720. Well, that's great and all. But the reason why it might not be worth 720 or the next series of cards might not sell for 720 is because the guys Mm -hmm. that were willing to pay 720 maybe mm-hmm. they now have their copies so mm-hmm. the true the true comp not comp but the true value of the next series of jordans to sell would be the guys that didn't win the what was their high bid the guys that were the underbidders that didn't yep. win those two three or four, four copies and maybe that's why we saw them decrease in the comp, i won't say decrease in value but that's why we saw the next comps lower in the in the $500,000 range down to mm-hmm. four people get as you you know supply comes out and as as card porn let me know, uh, which I want to thank card porn for straightening me out on this because I wasn't sure. Uh, says that uh, the the demand meets supply quote was from Putnam Cards. So credit mm-hmm. Putnam Cards where credit is due. I did I did like mm-hmm. that that quote. But you know, it's it's those people who didn't get it the first time. They were priced mm-hmm. out at seven twenty. They're mm-hmm. buying it at at five whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not. It's comps are you know, comps to me are not true values of the cards uh, mm-hmm. move on a go forward basis. It, it's an, it's, it's instructive. It's indicative of what they last sold for, but really mm-hmm. it's the underbidder that I think sets the new value that we can refer to when we're looking at what's going to come next.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, if we, look, my person, my personal opinion is, I think the 500 range uh, is, is a long-term, a uh, sustainable range for the uh, the FLIR PSA 10, which for a card that is produced in that type of uh, quantity is, is a tremendous price. But Jordan is, look, Jordan is the GOAT. Jordan is the most collectible athlete in the world. It is worldwide. There are definitely 300 people in the world who would who would spend half a million dollars uh, on that card. Um, and once enough of them change hands, in that in that four seventy five five twenty five range, once enough of them change hands, that's when perhaps it can go up and you know maybe hit a million dollars. But but yet yeah, there has to be it has to be a churn to me again. I'm, quite, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, it had to has to be a churn. It's not like one day you know to me we're well, not like one day just five hundred and then boom the next sale is a million. That's it, it's an unnatural spike that is yeah. going to lead to excess uh, excess selling just just like think- a stock would.
0: And I think that's why you said you want to see it stay at that five hundred thousand dollar level until the end of the year, so that we can we can kind of get that that support or that foundation of value, building of a
1: base calm. just like they say in stocks, building, building a base. A base yeah. Exactly, exactly.
0: Uh, Columbia Hobby says I one hundred percent agree with your opinion opinion on that, Turner. PSA is going to run the show very soon. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was going to go to um, when you mentioned that uh, that PSA. You know, if they come out with a, a new designation. Are you mm. saying that something's in the works? Do you know something's in the works or are you just speculating? Uh,
1: I've, I've, I'm speculating. I mean, they're good businessmen. They see. I don't think, look, everybody's jealous. Everybody everybody has, um, you know, everybody has a, um, you know, looks out at the competitors and say, damn it, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, everyone wants their records. I mean, if you don't think that PSA and Beckett are competitive when they're, you know, the different prices set, yeah. I mean, if, if I'm, if, if I'm, you know, if I'm PSA, I'm going to say, yeah, we, we want to do something so that people don't value a black label um, higher than they do a PSA 10. And and right now, people value a black label higher than they do a PSA 10. You know, so that that's something that, you know, that's something that I would do. Um, that's something that I've spoken to other dealers and uh, other dealers who are tuned in, you know, have told me they've heard that, you know, down the road, something like that's going to come, you know, look, let's face it right now, you know, what PSA has to do? They got to grade 10 million cards and get them get the hell back to customers who are waiting. That's what PSA has to do right now. And that, that is, and should be their primary focus. But, uh, down the road, I think you're going to see a lot of things that the hobbyist are really going to like, and that is going to be a value add for collectors who use their service as well as a, a big boost to people who have inventory.
0: Are you you know with the new platform coming by the end of Q2, are you uh, are, are you ready for the influx that you may be faced with, and uh, so that you don't get into the some of the similar situations that some other companies uh, in the hobby have faced recently?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, we hundred percent. I mean, we actually, um, you know i'm very responsible on email i mean i i i like read the info in emails if i don't see them respond to i respond to people myself man i mean I, I mean like legit may respond to someone sending an email at two in the morning asking you know saying that they haven't gotten their order i'll say what's you know when did you order i'll look up their name or something like that for them uh you know on the forums i you know direct message people and say hey because i don't know their name i said give me your name and you know you know give me your name give me an email so i can look it up and try and get your you know your order bump to the top um and I know I'm going to say this stuff and I'm just going to people going to bury me trying to help them so please don't do that, um, but you know so we had COVID, okay the office had we went a full year without a thing and we had we had a case where my controller and my assistant controller uh, we both were out with COVID, uh, I literally had one guy in the hospital we had two thirds of the staff out luckily I didn't get it. You know, I you know I I've been vaccinated, but I I think still if they say you can catch it, I didn't get it. But you know, so it really backed up our shipping, and for the first time, we were getting shipping complaints because you know you know we we typically if an auction closes on a Sunday and people pay by people wire us Monday, we ship those orders on Monday. That's normally what it is, and if they pay by credit card on Monday. You know, it takes twenty four hours to process. We ship those orders on a Tuesday. It's always been our habit. So I don't like seeing this. It it, it annoys me. I want people to know it's good service. So yeah, no, I will. I will not allow that to happen. I will. You know, I will make sure if if our capacity is to ship a thousand orders a day, um, then we're not going to. Sell more than a thousand orders a day if our capacity is six hundred orders a day. We are not going to sell more than six hundred items in a day. I mean, it it, it just 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 not going to freaking happen. I mean, it's simple business. You cannot. I mean, you don't see McDonald's selling fifteen thousand burgers per restaurant when they can only make five thousand. Do you? And tell the other people, well, you can come back tomorrow for your burger. It just can't happen. It can't happen in any business. I know it happens in our industry. It's shocking it happens in our industry. Um, all those companies need to fix themselves, but it will not happen at Golden auctions. We will not, under any circumstance, commit to do something that we can't uh, you know satisfy.
0: Okay. I like to hear that. Uh, 23 Erin says, Ken is accurate. He's replied to many of my emails sent to the main golden email address, amazing customer service. And I mean, I'll say, I send you, I send you emails. And it's like, before I hit send, you've responded back to me. So yep. you are mm-hmm. you are quick on the trigger when it comes to your emails, mm-hmm. for sure. There's mm-hmm. a couple of questions that have passed. I'm not going to bring them up because I'm not going to go searching for them right now. But mm-hmm. they have to do with um, uh, non-PSA, BGS, and SGC cards on mm-hmm. your platform i heard mm-hmm. you a alive that uh some of the newcomers like hga and csg you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna wait uh until you allow them on the platform mm-hmm. uh until they have a track record what's your current position on that
1: i the track record is not in, it's not in three months a track record is not in six months the track record is not in two years uh well maybe in two years uh basically you know there have been a lot of grading companies um you know, people say, well, this one does comics. This one does this. You know, I, I don't care. Um, I, I am older than most people in here, uh, most people watching. I've been around a lot longer. Um, so I've seen some of the grading companies that started with the best business person. This part, this grading company started with the two founders of PSA, and they did. They started with the first graders PSA. And- and they were fine for for a couple of years, and and then they went you know went to dog poop, um, and they started grading bad cards, and they started authenticating bad autographs, and they started grading trim cards, and you know I, I I I'm not saying that's going to happen with anybody, but I want to see what happens with price because I don't want to auction. And The other thing is I'm very 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 concerned about price manipulation, and and I'm, gonna tell you it's happening, it's gonna happen. You put out ABC grading company, they put ten cards out in the marketplace. Whether it's the owners of the company, whether it's investors in the company, whether it's people who bought their inventory, there is an incentive to run up prices, especially on eBay, where it's easy to run up prices, um, to make people think that an ABC-graded card of LeBron in a nine is just as valuable as a PSA-graded card. And anybody who thinks that, you're a friggin' idiot. It's just not going to happen. You can't – that cannot happen – In three months, it cannot happen. In six months, it cannot happen in two years. PSA has been around for for, for over twenty for 25 years building their track record. How are they going to handle if the card's quote-unquote altered? How are they going to deal with that? How are they going to handle if if there's a counterfeit card or if they misgrade a card? How are they going to handle the damage? What is their set registry going to look like? What are their price comparisons going to look like? Fine. So LeBron James card when it was the first one graded or the second one graded, sold, I'm going to use simple math, sold for $100. When it's the 1,000th one graded, it's going to sell for $100 or it's going to sell for $10 because only a small percentage, only a very, very, very small percentage of people want their card in that holder. So if you have a big card, whether it's an early 20th century card, whether it's a 1950s card, whether it's an 86 card, whether it's a 2003 card or a 2021 card, okay, and and you send it to to one of these companies without a track record, and again, a track record is not they grade comics well a track record is they've been grading trading cards with with historical, historical patterns of sports cards showing what they go for for multiple years. If you do that, you are flushing your money down the toilet, in my opinion. If you simply want a cheap slab for your base 2021 prism because you don't want to wait six months, you don't want to pay, fine, then get a cheap slab. But you're using it for cards of significance. You are literally flushing money down the toilet and if if you buy those cards, I apologize, but it, you know I, you have me on the show to give me you to be to be honest, and you know that, that's you know it is what I'm saying, you know you I and your, that's why you again wrong. you know it, it's I I run I run PSA I run BGS I run SGC. Um, you said that people want to um, see stuff, so I'm I'm like looking at an order now, um, so this, this is some stuff I got to send out to PSA.
0: Oh, I love that one right there.
1: I'll go back. There it is. Uh, 50, the 53. These are from for those of you who saw the great find I made um, when I when I pulled over my car on the uh, on the, on the turnpike and I did it in my office and showed these are some of the cards from the find. It's a second 53 maze. So all Ooh. of these are heading. Oh, look at this baby. Yeah, gorgeous. So, so. Um, and then I got where the heck's Hex the mantles, uh, PSA, PSA. Okay, here we go. So what is this? So you know, I've got little stickums in here. My staff puts down. So okay, what's going to PSA? What's going to SGC? I mean, look, we, we look. We don't send 1950s cards back. We send, I send modern basketball all day along the bucket. But let's see. Here we go. Is this the mantle? It says Berra, Maze. That's off center. Would be great. Unfortunately, there you go. Look at look at the color the art. That's yeah, the that... money shot right there. Oh, wow. Look Stunning. at the deep color. That's a card that literally somebody took care of. They put in the binder and it didn't see the light of day for, for many, many, many years. So as okay. we're talking about grading companies and I know you said, hey, are there any cards that you can show? Um, there we go. Yeah.
0: Very this nice. So let me ask you this. Or can Can I? then? can I then infer that your advice to the hobby right now is to you know, wait for the, uh, the PSAs, the BGSs, and the SGCs to kind of get through their backlog? Are you saying be patient with these companies and wait to send your cards to them before sending them to any other companies? Is that kind of
1: what well, I'm hearing? Well, well first, first of all, SGC doesn't have a backlog. Right. Okay. I mean, SGC, SGC, you saying, know, I know for a fact, I mean, I, I was, I was down there recently. They don't have a backlog. They're, they're shipping orders in 30 days. Uh, PSA, if you have higher end cards, they're going to get you your cards fast. If you use one of the express services, uh, BGS, same thing. If you use an express service, look, they, those companies are honoring the express service fees. Um, so that is, um, you know, that is, is, is something that they are doing. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, if, if you've just, if you just want a card protected, Fine, but you know, putting it, put in a penny sleeve, putting in a card saver as well. That that protects it until they slow down. I think you're going to see a lot of news coming out this year on these companies clearing up, doing, you know, moving mountains to clear up their backlog. Um, I only have a couple minutes left. What is your um? What is your hot topic for me. I know people wanted to see some stuff and I, I've got, I've got a few things I let's, can show as well.
0: Let's run through a couple of questions. Then, I know we're getting sure. to the end of your time. So the first one is, um, how do you decide what, au- like there's been some grails that have been sort of buried deep in some of the auctions. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how do you decide what gets premier? But keep it quick. Cause I got like five questions still sure. for
1: you. Uh, basically we'll typically pick a top 25. And after that we will typically go in chronological order mm-hmm. by year. So if something happens to be the 50th best card in the auction, and it is um, by, you know, it's a 2016 card, it's gonna be with the other 2016 cards. It's not, if we're not quote unquote burying it, we're putting with all the 2016 cards.
0: Perfect, well, logical and and answer to the question. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that clarity. I think a lot of people will Mm -hmm. appreciate that. What can the card manufacturers do to improve the
1: hobby? Uh, They can make it less confusing. They can make it more accessible. They can open up to more direct accounts. I, I don't want to hear I you know, people tell me I got a card store I can't get. Open up to more direct accounts and do more direct selling, rely less on on the uh, rely less on the base. And listen, here's the other thing they can do. They can put out a quality product that when you open it up and you go to get the cards graded right out of the pack, they're all nines and tens. Um, Eminence was was an abortion. Um, I'm sorry. I, you know Anybody who, who spent that type of money on that product and tried to get it graded, you know, you shouldn't have an case card that's going to grade a seven at best. So worry about your quality control.
0: What can the, beyond turnaround times, what can the grading companies do to improve the hobby?
1: Beyond turnaround time, um, understand the hobby's concern first and foremost. When a card comes in, make sure it's identified properly. And um, make sure, you know, have have some way of quickly measuring it. You know, I think think that if if, whether it's AI or something else, that every card is a standard size and anything that's not a standard size, you kick off to the side and let somebody else worry about it was a manufacturing defect or not. But I I think that detecting those things right at the start uh, will make people comfortable and, um, you know, be, you know, I don't know if they're ever going to be more transparent on, you know, I mean, I... To me, many, many, many nines to me look like they could be tens, uh, many eights look like they could be nines, um, many sevens look like they should be fives, you know, so, um, you know, I'd say consistency, transparency, and uh, really make the consumer feel that when you are buying a card in their holder, um, you know, it's the right card, you know, it's authentic, you know, it's all original. Um, and, and stand behind your product.
0: Okay, and what may or may not be my last question, very quickly, how, I mean, you're out there now, Ken, you're, you've been out mm-hmm. there for a while, CNBC, mm-hmm. all the news outlets, the, mm-hmm. your Instagram Live, you you know, your marketing strategy, you as the face of, of, of Golden Auctions, you as mm-hmm. a lot of people consider the face of the hobby right now, mm-hmm. how are you managing your image with all the attention on you and on the hobby?
1: Um, by nature, I am very, very, very competitive and I can be very blunt and I'm, I'm actually trying now, you know, especially since I had, uh, you know, I had vocal cord surgery in, in February, you know, talking to loud and yelling, so I'm trying to make sure that I don't knee jerk, that I, um, I don't immediately knee jerk, that I give some thought when, when something comes up before I respond um as far as an image yeah i i recognize it, it it's, it's like amazing to me but you know i i, I the dms i get is like amazing people saying you're inspiration people in their 20s and 30s saying you know after i did the investment deal you know they see you know because obviously mark cuban shark tank is like, like the biggest name you know i showed this to my parents so they understood what i did you know i un- understand what i do for a living you know you you've given you know you, affirmation. I mean, all these things. One people say, thanks for leading the movement. I'm like, what movement am I leading? Um, but I recognize that it is a responsibility. And, and I am at this point, a very, very important voice. I mean, I would, I would, I would agree with you. Probably you've got, you've got, look, you've got people like Steve Aoki and, and Gary Vaynerchuk and other people who are, have other professions, you know, that they're more well-known than me. But as far as people who, Have done this in their entire life, and this is their—this is their job. I probably am the most well-known person, Um, so it it is a responsibility. And I realize now more than maybe I did three months ago that I have to be careful what I say. Um, I need to not make, unless it's like an April Fool's joke, you know, about wanting, you know, wanting rebate or something. um, I need to not. Uh, not make jokes because some people may not know I'm kidding and they may take it seriously. But but it is a big responsibility. And also, really, I'm, I'm the cheerleader for the hobby. I mean, like I'm going to be on Fox Business, and when I when I go on, I don't just go on and talk about gold auctions. I go on and I talk about the business. So I'll be on Fox Business. My next TV appearance will be this Monday at 11:45 a.m. Eastern Time on uh, Varney and Company. But yeah, I I need to be the cheerleader for the hobby, and I also need to make sure that, um, to the best of my ability, the industry steers clear of, um, of any negativity.
0: i, well, I got to ask you this. Uh, in a few short sentences, your thoughts on on, on the impact of Tops going public again?
1: Uh, I think it's great. I think it's going to be a lot of transparency. I think that the, some of the sports leagues are going to be under pressure. I'd love nothing better than to see Tops basketball if, if If that's what comes out of this, I mean, look, I think... Everyone, of you, your viewers, and maybe like I, mean, I, I actually can't, haven't been able to see the comments. Um, but I think that I think that if Tops was you know was putting out Tops Chrome again, uh, you know, it, it it would just be absolutely awesome. I I think that we'll be able to see for a large degree their production numbers, which which will be great. We're going to see some transparency, and they probably know that. Um, there probably will be a push to make more. You know, when you're public, you're have more of a push to hit numbers. So there yeah. is going to be more of a push to hit numbers, but I think it's really good. I think it's good for the hobby that they have something that is uh, public. And uh, hold on one second. Yeah. I'm off in two. I'm off in two seconds, Jen. My wife called. Me. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: what's the next big thing we're going to hear from Ken Golden?
1: Uh, I think the next big thing is going to be what the new golden auctions is going to be able to offer uh what when we have the platform up and ready what the platform is going to be able to do and how that will enable us to have a significantly larger reach throughout the world
0: my final question when can we have you back on the show
1: um when you see something that is newsworthy and say oh my god i talked about that um you know, let me do that. Oh, the other thing. Well, you know what, I am building a studio in my basement. So, um, so i can actually go down there because right now I'm one level below the, um, my bedroom. Um, I want to, get two, and once I do that, then I'll, I'll be, uh, you know, more accessible to 10 o'clock lives or, you know, my wife doesn't love them.
0: <laughs> uh, and I'm sorry, we start so late. If, if my kid, once my kids get older, we'll, uh, we'll start yeah. earlier. I promise. Okay. All right, man. Listen, thank you, Ken, so much. Your transparency, your raw honesty—I I appreciate. Mm-hmm. It. I know in the comments, people appreciate it too. Mm-hmm. Get out of here, man. You're, you're, you're yeah, good. Have a good you're one. Good. good night, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you, yeah. Ken. Bye. All right, everybody. So, hey, uh, that was awesome. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in uh with Ken. And I got to say, if I didn't get to your questions, your comments. I apologize, I'm sorry uh, to Dawadine. I just couldn't ask him what the real price of the Jerry Rice PSA 10 is. There's some other questions I just did not get to and I do apologize for that. But listen, this show, we're gonna wrap this up right away here. Thanks again to Ken Golden, that was awesome. I appreciate everybody in the comments, strong viewership. Uh, I'll let everybody know I'm going to be ending this one right away. And then in about nine minutes time, Chase Rhymes is going to join me on After Hours. Brand new broadcast. Check it out from the YouTube channel. That'll be going live again in about nine minutes. And we will we will debrief the episode we just had. I actually tasked Chase with picking out a few tidbits from the show with Ken so we can get into them, debrief the episode a little bit dive into a couple of subjects. Then we're going to learn a bit about uh, about Chase Rhymes, his approach. He's a sophisticated collector, investor in the hobby, uh, someone that I spent a lot of time with on Clubhouse uh, talking about these things. So that's it for now, guys. Um, let me just say, thanks for tuning in. If you're not yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, please subscribe. I appreciate it. Again, bringing you the best guests in hobby content and I intend to continue doing so. So I thank you all for tuning in. I'll be back in about 10 minutes with Chase Rhymes on After Hours. And I look forward to seeing you all next Saturday as well with Eric Doty is the CEO of Loop the App. He'll be joining me next Saturday. I'm excited to learn about that. And to everyone with these final comments coming in, I see them. I thank you all, every single one of you. This was was another fun show. That's it, guys. I'm going to end this and... uh...